Unlocking the secret to better parenting. This is Growing Pains on the Light Breakfast. Time for Growing Pains. And today we're going to be discussing the current hand, foot and mouth disease outbreak, why it's so rampant, what we're not doing and what we can do more of. And what we need to be aware of as well. We're speaking to consultant pediatrician and parenting advocate at our Damansara Medical Center, Dr. Raki Yadav, to find out more. Dr. Raki, hand, foot and mouth disease cases among kids are on the rise in Malaysia. Can you help us understand exactly what HFMD is and how is it contracted? Hand, foot and mouth disease, or HFMD, is a common viral infection in children, especially those below five years old. It is highly contagious and is caused by viruses from the enterovirus genus, most commonly the Coxsackie virus A16, as well as the enterovirus 71. It is a notifiable disease in Malaysia. So perhaps you could tell us about the first signs of hand, foot and mouth disease in a child. What should we be looking out for? Absolutely. So the symptoms include painful ulcers inside or around their mouth, tongue and throat. They can develop a rash or blisters on their hands, feet, legs and sometimes even buttocks. These rashes can be painful or itchy or both. You know, some children develop a fever or low-grade fever in the initial few days of the illness. And most of them have a poor appetite. So this poor appetite can lead them to have dehydration as well as lethargy. So I'm going to stress here that hand, foot, mouth disease is extremely contagious and can spread from person to person or surface to person. It can spread via respiratory droplets, blister fluids, saliva, nasal, or even throat discharge, as well as infected stools and contaminated surfaces. So a child can also have repeat infections with the same type of virus or different viruses that cause HFMD. But the probability of HFMD recurrence is actually very small at about 2 to 3% at one year. So a type of immunity does develop after first infection? Not much. I'm getting a lot of, actually clinically in my own setting, I'm getting a lot of recurrences within the same month. Mm. Um, so that's because of the load, the, mm, the rise in cases that is so high. So we're seeing so many children getting reinfected within the same month itself. Dr. Rocky, what's behind these recent outbreaks? So as we all know, based on the media coverage and everything, there's been a definite rise in the number of cases of HFMD this year. Up until the first week of June, there's been more than 82,000 cases nationwide. That's an increase of 32 times compared to the same period in 2021, which we only saw about 2,500 cases. Majority of these cases, 90% of them are reported in children below six years old, right? Then you have a smaller amount, 8% that's seven to 12 years old. And finally, for those who are 12 years and above, it's only 2%. So as you can see, children who are below six are at high risk of developing HFMD. The majority of these outbreaks are occurring in nurseries, kindergartens, preschools, followed by private homes. This is possibly because school has reopened in full swing since end of last year and everybody is back to school, everybody is back to daycares, transit. So I think the sheer load of number of children that have suddenly returned, plus, as I've mentioned, is so highly contagious. That's probably one of the reasons why we're seeing a huge rise this year compared to last year when most of our children were still at home. Everybody was still practicing online schooling. And of course, a lot of Malaysians are now out there and everybody's holidaying. And, you know, the fact that we're not following our SOPs with hand hygiene as 
high as we used to follow previously. So I think all this is contributing to the higher level of HFMD cases this year. Okay, which then leads us logically to asking about preventative measures to help curb the spread of uh, HFMD. Right. So parents and caregivers should make sure that they maintain personal hygiene with proper hand washing practices or sanitizing, especially in older children, and ensure environmental hygiene care. So avoid bringing your sick children out. Take extra precautions to avoid spread within your household. You know, inspection or screening at entrances is what we call gatekeeping screening, you know, of kindergartens and preschools and schools, as well as disinfection of contaminated surfaces should be encouraged. Ministry of Health, actually, in collaboration with many relevant parties of ministries and agencies, will further enhance prevention and control measures by emphasizing the importance of certain practices. This includes personal hygiene, hand washing practices, environmental hygiene care, as well as disinfection and decontamination of contaminated surface. So it's very important for all these factors to be combined to prevent the spread of HFMD. Now, amongst many listeners, I'm sure, are are lots of parents, and I'm sure they're curious about how HFMD is treated. And what may be some of the common home remedies that you actually wouldn't recommend for parents? The only method of prevention, unfortunately, is by instilling good hygiene habits to prevent your child from contracting or spreading the virus. This includes washing your hands with soap and clean water after using the toilet, before preparing food, after changing diapers. This is very important, as I've mentioned, even infected stool can be contaminated, as well as washing children's buttocks. Cover your mouth and nose when coughing or sneezing. Avoid sharing personal items. I think schools should be able to advocate this. Toothbrushes, handkerchiefs, towels, blankets, your eating utensils. Avoid sharing this even in your household. Always maintain cleanliness in homes, childcare centres, kindergartens, schools, as well as the surroundings of these areas. We should regularly wash all toys and surfaces of tables, chairs and floors at least twice a day especially if your child has been infected. So what I usually tell parents is if the child is having HFMD, remove majority of your toys and keep toys that can be washed easily with soap and water out Mm. so your child is not bored, but at the same time, you don't have to have a whole bunch of things to clean up after that. If your child is unwell, bring them to the nearest clinic or hospital if they have signs and symptoms of this infection because the earlier we diagnose them, the less they are exposed to others and the better that we can isolate and reduce the spread within their household, their school or their community. Avoid bringing your sick children with symptoms to crowded public places, especially if they have swim classes, bringing them to the market, the shopping malls. And of course, avoid sending them to childcare centres, nurseries and schools if they develop symptoms. As I mentioned, there's no specific treatment. And unfortunately, there is no special vaccine for HFMD. Some of these treatments that we usually give if a child is unwell is usually administering fever medication to relieve fevers and body aches or application of topical or oral sprays for their mouth ulcers and sometimes application of topical ointments or creams to relieve and soothe their blisters and rashes. So the mainstay of prevention for HFMD is still maintaining good hygiene. Can we touch on the home remedies that you would rec- or don't recommend actually for parents? What have you heard from patients who have had some ideas? There's no specific food or drinks that you need to prepare for them. Any comfort food is fine. There's no specific item that you should not or should give to your child. Mm. If they have multiple mouth ulcers, then you might want to give things like yogurt, cool items, you know. I even advocate ice cream for some of them because that's probably the only thing they can take when they're really having a lot of mouth ulcers. So right. mainstay is to make sure you 
your child is hydrated. And that's one of the main home management tools that you can use. So hydration includes not only water, juices, yogurt drinks, milk. Make sure if a child is breastfeeding, to continue breastfeeding and for you yourself to take care of your health so that you have adequate milk that's being produced. So mainstay of treatment for HF family is still hydration, hydration and keeping them as comfortable as possible. Now, we know that some young HFMD patients end up in the ICU because they develop encephalitis. Why does this happen? And how likely is this to happen to children who have HFMD? Okay, so based on surveillance data in Malaysia, the three main viruses that caused the transmission of HFMD within our community this year were the Enterovirus 71, or what we call EV71, the Coxsackie A6, CA6, and the Coxsackie A16, right? Almost all patients with HFMD recover without treatment within 7 to 10 days. I need to stress this fact, right? So don't everybody start jumping and getting very worried about it. However, EV71 infections can cause severe complications such as inflammation in the brain, otherwise known as encephalitis, inflammation in the heart, otherwise known as myocarditis, or fluid in the lungs, what we call pulmonary edema. There were three HFMD cases up till date that were admitted in ICU with two cases due to encephalitis. These two cases are actually still being monitored. The third ICU case was discharged end of May and is currently doing well. HFMD caused by EV71 may be associated with severe, potentially life-threatening complications in children, as I've mentioned, and very rarely can even lead to death. The results of, uh, this is interesting, there was results of a prospective clinical study that was done in Sarawak in Malaysia when they had an EV71 outbreak actually showed that the uh, central nervous system complications were predicted by three risk factors. Mm. So that included the duration of fever of more than three days, high fever, that's 38.5 and above, a peak temperature of higher than 38.5, and a history of lethargy. So if your child has got a prolonged high fever and your child is very lethargic, please bring them to seek medical attention as soon as possible. Right. So as you were saying, I think my biggest takeaway from this is early diagnosis. Don't wait. Don't wait. Absolutely. And don't forget to wash your hands. Yes. (laughs) So another thing that another home remedy you might want to include is basically when they come back from school or daycare or kindy, bathe your children ensure that they have a bath because whatever droplets that may be stuck on their shirts hands Mm. or body i think it's very important for us to because a lot of kids come back home and you know they just change their clothes and they don't really have a bath and then they carry on with their play Mm. at home you know so i think it's very important for us to instill a good habit of having a good bath the moment you're back from school i think this will definitely help to prevent the curb especially within a household if you have more than one children like myself Again, funny enough, it just reminds me in everything we've been told about COVID. If you've been outside, come back, have your shower, bathe, mm-hmm. get rid of your clothes, put those in the washers and, you know, keep safe. So thank you so much, Dr. Rocky. You can listen to all of our Growing Pain sessions again on the Light Breakfast podcast on the Shock app.